of the Lord is wealth, honor, and life. Thorns and nets are in the path of the crooked. Those who guard their lives keep their distance. Train children in the way they should go. When they grow old, they won't depart from it. The wealthy rule over the poor. A borrower is a slave to the lender. Those who sow injustice will harvest evil. The rod of their fury will come to an end. Happy are generous people because they give some of their food to the poor. Our next reading is from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3 through 10. If anyone teaches anything different and doesn't agree with sound teaching about our Lord Jesus Christ and teaching that is consistent with godliness, that person is conceited. They don't understand anything but have a sick obsession with debates and arguments. This creates jealousy, conflict, verbal abuse, and evil suspicions. There's constant bickering between people whose minds are ruined and who have been robbed of the truth. They think that godliness is a way to make money. Actually, godliness is a great source of profit when it is combined with being happy with what you already have. We didn't bring anything into the world, and so we can't take anything out of it. We'll be happy with food and clothing. But people who are trying to get rich fall into temptation. They are trapped by many stupid and harmful passions that plunge people into ruin and destruction. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some have wandered away from the faith and have impaled themselves with a lot of pain because they made money their goal. Our final reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven, where the moth and rust don't eat them and where thieves don't break in and steal them. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. Therefore, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how terrible that darkness will be. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We pick up this week with the next of our Simple Thoughts series. This last week caused me to reflect a little bit more on the idea of what matters, what really is important in life. Truthfully, we often prioritize completely the wrong things in life. We get mixed up on what really does matter. Our main reading today is our gospel reading from Matthew. In Matthew, the treasures we are told to collect are not earthly treasures, not the things that will rust, rot, and wear away. No, we are to seek treasures in heaven. The question quickly becomes, then what are those? What do we treasure if not our things in the pursuit of more things and more money? We get one of those very well-known quotes at the end of our reading, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. 
A few things stand out. One is that it doesn't say you can't be wealthy, but you can't serve wealth. One might wonder what the difference is, and we get some of the highlights built up in our other readings today. In 1 Timothy, we get the notion that godliness is where we can profit and that being content is to be sought after. Sometimes we misuse content for just accepting everything and where you're at. But I don't think that's what it's really saying here. Chasing after things is the big focus. Like chasing after more and more and more money, after more and more and more stuff. That the pursuit is where the problem lies. We are reminded that we came into this world with no clothes, no wallet in our hands, and we'll leave with those same things. We're also told that when we are trying to get rich, that it causes us to do stupid things. And I think that's true. Not just in the usual idea of unethical or criminal activity to get wealthy, which of course is wrong, but we do stupid things to ourselves and others when we chase wealth. We work ourselves to the point of exhaustion. We work so much that we don't have time for anything or anyone. We do more and more to chase wealth. And we get stupid with the way that we handle our lives. We also get another one of those big quotes at the end of this reading. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is interesting that it is not having money that is evil, it is the love of money. When you start to put money, possessions, things, over others and over God, it becomes a trap. We wander in and get stuck. We are always wanting more and refuse to be content with what we have in the moment. I say in the moment because too often we use this as a way to justify keeping the poor poor. Saying everyone should be happy with what they have and not taking into account if what they have is enough to survive. It also shouldn't be used to say that you should never look to have any kind of gain at all. It isn't saying that in this text either that you, <coughs> that you should be content and without any ambition. No, it is saying that if you are simply trying to gain for the sake of gain, and that if you want money because you love having money, you aren't really gaining anything. And the last part of Timothy really shows that when you make money your goal, you end up with pain and little faith. Because money becomes your everything. So what is the goal? I'd have to say to live a good life. And then I remembered Proverbs. Proverbs can be difficult to preach from because it's full of one-liners. Most of the statements can often stand completely alone and may not directly relate to the lines around it. Almost like someone just standing there, giving you little wisdom nuggets. But the section today revolves around a theme and helps lay out what those heavenly treasures are. It talks about what real wealth is, a good reputation, being known as a good godly person. And what does that mean? It means you share. That you aren't into crooked dealings, but you give freely. 
Be generous. Be happy with the blessings you have and share those blessings that others are blessed. Again, we come to the last line of our reading in this section as well. Happy are generous people because they give some of their food to the poor. I started thinking about all these things and the concept of trying to figure out what matters. And what do you think of when you think about the people that you admire? I can't think of anyone that I admire simply because they've made a lot of money and that they had a lot of fancy things or drove a fancy car. When we remember people, we remember the things that they did and the things that they said and the ways they were kind. Kids don't grow up thinking about the cash value of the various things they get. The thing I hear and remember myself are the shared experiences. Being taught a lesson, sharing in a story, playing a game, being together, really together. And in some ways, that's been difficult in these times. How do we connect when we aren't supposed to be in proximity? So thinking about this, I had to think about my sister. So I get to pick on her today. Why? The thing is, I usually hang out with my sister every week. We enjoy each other's company, and she helps out with the kids. It got hard for a while there because we weren't sure what to do when we couldn't hang out. We had to find new ways to do things. So now every week I set aside time specifically to put on my headset and connect with her. It doesn't really matter what we talk about because the important part is that we connect. But it isn't just me. See, she also stayed connected with the kids. They will call her up on their tablet to talk with her and just sit and chat. Sometimes about nothing. Okay, oftentimes about absolutely nothing. But sometimes they play games together. She's present with them. They look forward to talking to her, not because it will result in a new gift, but because she pays attention. Maybe now, more than ever, those little things count for a lot. Picking up the phone, calling a friend to just say, hey, how's it going? How are you? Is there anything I can do for you? That phrase in itself, is there anything I can do for you, is one of the most Christian things that can come out of our mouths. Because even if the answer is no, they know that you are concerned enough to offer. That you took the time to find out. Shows care and compassion. And it shows what matters. That you showed somebody that they mattered. I've been thinking about that a lot. Who are the people that you think of? When you think about the people who care. When they check in with you, they genuinely want to know how you are. That they want to know what has been happening in your life, both good and bad. Who are the people who listen? Do we thank them? Are we thankful for them? Because I think that those heavenly treasures are showing others kindness and compassion. Showing grace and mercy and being generous. Generous with what we have to share, generous with our time, generous with our feelings. I can't think of anyone who has never had a rough patch. 
The question is, are you the person others feel they can talk to about their problems and feel better? Not because you can solve them, not because you can purchase a solution, but because you listened. I think about those little human interactions and those kindnesses that we see so often in Christ. Maybe you can't heal the sick, but maybe you can comfort them. Maybe you can be the person to let somebody rant when they just need to get it out. Because I think we all know that sometimes just knowing that we've said something to someone is enough. Someone has heard us, that we are not alone. I think that is what really matters. At the heart of things, it isn't what we make and accumulate. It's how much we can give, how much we can give to anyone, and how much we are willing to receive. And I think it's important right now that we recognize just what that can mean to someone. We remember that our words matter. We need to build up treasures, treasures of memory, treasures of experience, not just in ourselves, but we build them up in others, creating a wealth in their hearts, that we see the kindness and compassion that Christ shows to others, and we show it, that we see the generosity and love in Christ, and we show it to others. I think that is what it really comes down to. Are we focused on caring for each other and living the best today we have? Or are we always worried about building up for tomorrow and just for the sake of building up? We must take hold of today. Say what you think you might say tomorrow and say it today. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Compliment someone today and build up a treasure in their heart. Tell someone how thankful you are to have them in your life and thank God that they are in your life. And thank God for all that you have and all that you give and all that you can give. Let Christ be the God that shows you how good life is and be the one to show others Christ reflected in your life. By being the person others want to talk to. By being the one others want to listen to. By being known as generous, we show the kind of life that Christ offers to all. That our presence is not focused on the next thing we'll get, but on simply being in the moment. That our focus is on the next person we can help. And maybe if we all lived a life like that, following Christ in all that we are, just maybe the whole world would come to know what really matters. Amen. If you'll join me in our prayer of confession and pardon. Lord, forgive us, we pray. We come before you as those who have sinned against you in what we say and do. We come before you as those who have sinned against you in what we do not say and what we do not do. It is in our doings and our failings that we seek your grace and your mercy. We haven't loved you how we should. We haven't loved each other how we should. We are a people who are sorry, who humbly seek your forgiveness. Help us to, help us to live with one another in your mercy and your grace. Let us always remember the sacrifice made by our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, that we may understand your deep love for us. May we honor that love by sharing it with one another, loving as you love and caring as you care. Help us to be of one body, redeemed by one blood, serving one God. 
Amen. If you are so moved to make an offering, you may send it to the church treasurer or to the P.O. box listed in this document. If you are interested in online giving, please contact me. We are still the church, and the church still needs your support to keep doing all the important work that we do. Technical hiccup. (laughs) If you'll join me now in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We go forth now that we may be ministers of the good news wherever we go. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all until we meet again. Amen.